Welcome to You Are Here, the podcast where we have conversations with people who have courageously taken the road less traveled. I'm your host, Rachel Ree, and in each episode, we'll be exploring stories from people who have followed their own path and are living life on their own terms. Know that we're here to meet you where you are and where you'd like to be. This is You Are Here. Hello, friend. Before I introduce today's guest, I wanted to mention that next week is actually Thanksgiving here in the U.S. At first, I thought I wanted to make sure to get an episode ready for next week, but I went back to some of my personal philosophies around creating harmony with work and life. It's a topic that I think I'm going to dive into in a later episode because there's so much I could say around this, but for now, I wanted to share that I've decided to skip next week but a new episode will be ready the following week. In the meantime, there are three months worth of content to revisit or listen to if you haven't already and are seeking inspiration on alignment in your life and are looking into ways to create a life that is full and well. All right, now getting into this week's episode, I was so happy to chat with my friend Megan Shackleton. I met her in Austin and we just had so much in common. She is a trained life coach and is also a multi-passionate entrepreneur who not only created wider visions where you can learn the expert-backed tools and self-coaching knowledge you need to transform your life, but she is also a real estate investor through her business, Good Bones. Prior to all of this, though, she was living that hustle and bustle lifestyle in New York, working as an accounts director for an ad agency, and she now leads a much more mindful, slower life one that's more suited to this stage in her life. I hope that you enjoy today's episode, and if so, please don't forget to follow, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. So the podcast is all about kind of life transitions, different journeys in life, and coming to a place maybe that you weren't necessarily planning to be, but that you are here now and wanting to just dive into the backgrounds of stories and how people got to where they are. And I know that you and I, we've chatted a little bit, so I'm somewhat familiar with your background. But for anyone that isn't, let's do a game of memory. And if we were to rewind the calendar, let's say five years ago, you were in New York. Take us back to what did your life look like at that time? Who were you working for? What were you doing? What was your lifestyle? Bring us back there. Yes, I love that. That's such a good question. And I also love the intention behind the podcast of exploring transformation and exploring journeys because mine has been very windy. And I feel like I love the idea of when you connect the dots backward, that pattern or that theme, everything makes sense. But when you're in the middle or the messy middle or the in-between that I like to say, it can feel sometimes really sticky and challenging where you are today and where you want to be. And you're in that in-between and not really sure how to get there. But to answer your question, five years ago would have been 2018. So I was living in New York City. I'm right now based in Austin, Texas. And I was working a full-time job as an account director within advertising. So had been working in advertising in a corporate career for quite some time for brands like Charmin, Puffs, Pampers, Jif, and also was really stretching myself professionally with my first business, Moxie Made. And so I was really living that 
New York grind of a full-time job and then looking to create my first business in all my other in-between moments. So working before work, after work, weekends. And while Moxie Made was my first foray in a purpose-driven business, with Moxie Made, I used to host events for women to get mentorship and a space to authentically connect. So those anchors of connection and personal growth, which are big values of mine. The difference between then and now is my identity was really attached to success or my accomplishments or external factors. Whereas we'll get into it, I'm sure, in our conversation. Now I have a much more centered sense of self-worth and worthiness that's innate, that is not connected to achievement or performance or overworking myself to really hustle my way to my worthiness. And that unfolded with COVID. Yeah. I mean, there's so much to unpack there, but I think that is such a common perspective that a lot of people have of tying their success to these titles or to a company or whatever it might be, those external factors that you were talking about, how did you begin to unravel your identity from that external factor to being more purpose-driven? That's such a great question. Well, I would say it's been a long journey. It didn't start in 2018. I would just say I made a massive integration and shift then. But my whole life kind of growing up, I would say my sense of self-worth and confidence was really low. A common limiting belief that I'm always working on healing and integrating more is this fear of not being enough. And that manifested growing up with me being a perfectionist, an overachiever. I struggled with anxiety and panic attacks and disordered eating, and also really was overstretching myself. I remember in high school, I got a B and I cried. And it sounds almost funny to admit, looking back with empathy to that version of myself, but that is how much of my self-worth was tied to what I did and what I achieved. And it really came to a head in college. I was struggling with prolonged panic attacks and realized I needed to get help and went into therapy. And that was really the beginning of my personal growth journey that now is 15 plus years in of really getting curious around what are these narratives and stories that I just believed about myself and never questioned and starting to get tools and resources to be kinder to myself, change those limiting beliefs that were causing me unfulfillment in my daily life. And so to bring it back to 2018, I already had this experience of years of therapy and curiosity and building kind of upon this foundation. But right, there's always levels and levels of healing and deeper integration that I really feel like it's like a lifelong journey. For sure it is. And I'm so happy that you pointed that out because I think a lot of times people will see 
someone really aligned or living a really intentional life and think like, oh, they just got there overnight. But it really has been, I mean, even for your case, the 15 plus long personal development journey to get to where you are now. Yes. And I also like to think of healing and growth almost as a spiral versus a lot of times we do think of it as this linear line and that we should always be growing. And a lot of times patterns reemerge. I see it with my coaching clients that life is lifing and we're feeling vulnerable. Old patterns that aren't supportive of us will come up. And it's just a moment of, okay, how can we create the awareness and be in that constant conversation with ourselves? So when a pattern emerges where for me, it would be negative self-talk, being highly critical, noticing that I am putting work and putting my accomplishments above taking care of myself, for instance. When I notice that coming up for me, it's a moment to pause, ah, okay, this pattern's coming up. Get curious why I'm feeling this way or why I'm behaving this way. And then gently love myself and guide myself to choose a different response. And you just said something about just getting curious and kind of just questioning why you're feeling some way or why you're experiencing something or why there's similar patterns. And I think that's the crux of a lot of just inner work or just growth in life is just questioning and following those curiosities sometimes. I think when we approach things with curiosity, it allows space for us to look at it with a different perspective. A lot of times when my clients or myself have really started to become aware of those inner thoughts and beliefs and habits and behaviors and that identity, really you need to embrace curiosity in order to start to expand and be open to looking at things from a different perspective versus the natural tendency might be to automatically know or automatically make a decision about what's possible for us or who we are. But the lens of curiosity allows just that space to, okay, what if, or what does this mean? Or looking at it with a little bit more levity and self-kindness. So when you were an account director in New York, I'm sure there were some curiosities that you had that led you to creating and founding Moxie Made. How did you go about integrating those more purpose-driven aspects of your life into your life in this sort of hustle culture that you were living at the time? Yeah. So I would say my career has been very windy. I actually started in fashion, made a pivot to advertising, and then made the pivot into entrepreneurship. And along the way, it usually starts with feeling unfulfilled. There's this amazing quote by Michael Beckwith that says, the pain pushes until the vision pulls. And so oftentimes I see with myself or with my clients that the pain is pushing us somewhere. And so there is usually this feeling of, okay, I'm not happy. I don't know exactly what I want. I don't have the clarity yet. I desperately want the clarity so that I can take action. And when I have those life moments, whether it be within my career or just in other areas of my life, it's a moment of, okay, wow, that pain is telling me something or that unhappiness or those questions are telling me something. And again, Rachel, how can we get curious about 
what that is and start exploring it because that's a way for us to get the clarity for the vision to pull us forward. And so you started to follow those curiosities, dig a little bit deeper, follow where you felt more aligned. Now you're at a point now where you've stepped away from this corporate ladder structure and the hustle culture. How did you know when the right time was to move away from that type of lifestyle? And what did that look like for you in this process? I would say in the case of Moxie Made, it really was this moment of if I don't give this a try, I will forever be ashamed that I played small. I had the idea for Moxie Made for four years before I acted on it. And it was four years of me picking it up, starting to work on it, starting to get excited, and then ultimately putting it down and holding myself back because I didn't believe in myself at that time. And I didn't have any friends that were entrepreneurs. My parents weren't entrepreneurs. It felt very scary for me because it ultimately deciding to move forward with that business meant that I had to believe in myself and meant that I had to confront these limitations that I had subconsciously been placing in myself for my whole life. And so for Moxie Made, I wish I could say it was this intentional moment of it felt really aligned and I felt really brave and it was so easy and flowy. But actually, it was just a moment of, okay, Meg, if you don't give this a shot, you keep coming back to this dream, you're going to feel so disappointed forever. And why not just allow yourself? It was that moment of like that quote that once a flower blooms, when it becomes so uncomfortable to stay tightly in a bud. Mm. I truly believe that our dreams that we have, those soul callings, are collaborations with the universe and how to grow into our fullest expression. And it always requires us to do massive inner reprogramming, inner mindset work, and take new aligned action, which for all of us is really uncomfortable. For sure. And it's so timely, this conversation, because even for myself, as I embark on this podcast journey and other projects and whatnot, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy that sometimes people can put themselves in of, I'm not going to fully go into something in fear that it might not work out and there's going to be some shame or just judgment associated with that. But if you don't actually fully go in, then of course it's not going to fulfill whatever dream that you have. So it's just a matter of almost closing your eyes and just going for it. And like you said, just letting that flower bloom if it's time. And something just to reflect back to you is I feel like you are so great at that redefinition and really allowing yourself to fully step into a new identity, a new career path, a new pivot that is really calling to you. And it takes a lot of bravery to do that. And I feel like for a lot of my clients, there's fears of failure, fear of starting over is a big one that comes up of like, okay, I've spent X amount of years in this career and now I'm having to start over or just the fear of what if this isn't going to work out? And when it's a dream, it feels even that much more personal because it truly is a reflection of like your deepest desires. 
So when your clients come to you and say, I'm really afraid of this career transition or this change, what can people begin to do to start to unblock themselves? And I'm specifically just wanting to bring it up now because there are so many changes in the economy, in the job market, in people's career paths with unforeseen layoffs and whatnot. I think a lot of people are in this transitional period of life. So what would you say to a coaching client to begin to explore the path to unblocking themselves to other potential opportunities in life? Well, three key ingredients, and then I'll give you some action steps or tools or practices that are really helpful. But in order to make a big transformation and a career transition is a really big transformation, it requires spending time with yourself getting curious, whether it be with a coach, whether it be journaling, allowing yourself space to think. If the answer was yes, if I could have and the universe would provide me everything I wanted, what would I ask for? If the answer was yes. And allowing yourself to really suspend the how, because oftentimes when we have a big dream or a big vision or transformation, we want to go right to the how because that's what feels safe. That's what's going to feel predictable. That's what's going to help us get there. But really, in the beginning, it's suspending the how and allowing ourselves to dream and allowing ourselves to really, again, get curious, which is like the second ingredient. Get curious about where are you feeling called to? What really lights you up? What natural gifts do you have? People always have the answers. I'm sure you see this with your clients too. It's just oftentimes our answers are buried or quiet because we haven't created a practice to spend time with ourselves and spend time in conversation with our deepest desires and with our soul. And then from there, it's building the trust muscle of allowing yourself into, you know, make this big transformation overnight. But in small ways, how can you start to put into practice that new identity of who you want to be? So when you think about this person that has what you want. What do they believe about themselves? What are they doing every day? What shifts can you start making to embody that and do it in the smallest of ways? And so two practices that really help are for the vision casting, vision clarity is thinking about how you want to feel. Danielle Laporte, she writes about how whenever we have a dream or a goal, the reason we want to achieve that external thing is because we are associating it with that new identity or that new feeling that we're thinking it's going to bring in our life. So let's say you want to make this career transition. And when you're thinking about being in this new career, you're imagining yourself to feel more confident, more fulfilled, more purpose-driven, more lit up by what you do. And so when you can isolate those feelings, how can you start bringing those feelings into your everyday How can you start embodying that identity? And then the second practice that I think is really, really important when we're making a big shift is celebrating the small wins. I always tell my clients to create an evidence tracker. And when I lived in New York City, I would have it on my phone. And it would literally be the smallest wins, both internal. So it could be a different way that you reacted to a trigger Or it could be a small step, as simple as like sending out an email with your resume to someone in the industry. But the reason keeping track of those is really important is when we're expanding into a new identity, 
we don't have any evidence that this new identity is for us. And so it's natural for self-doubt to come up. And if you can get in a practice of celebrating the small ways, they're going to compound into big wins and big shifts. I think that's so impactful, just even thinking about the small wins, because I think a lot of times in society, we celebrate all the big moments. And so if we're just talking about career, it would be, oh, I got a promotion or I got recognized for this big project that I finished. And it's not necessarily in our everyday that we're recognizing all of the smaller things that we're doing. So I love this approach of just bringing awareness to everything that's going on in life. Yes. A lot of times we, as a society, don't even truly anchor in the big wins. I know for me, that past version of me that used to be much more achievement or destination driven, I'd get to a big milestone that I was working towards and I would celebrate it for a millisecond. And then I would be on to, okay, what's the next thing? What's my next goal? And so getting into that practice of truly celebrating ourselves and allowing ourselves to receive that celebration first starts with us and then also inviting our community into it. Last night, I went to a dinner with a girlfriend who just published a book, Amanda Kuda. Her book just came out yesterday. And it was really special because we all went around the table, the three of us, and said one thing that we're celebrating. What is one thing that we just want to share with this intimate group of people to celebrate and putting that practice into your daily rituals and daily routine can be really profound even if it comes across as very simple and small. Oh, for sure. Because also some of these small wins or small moments that you're giving to yourself and that you're recognizing can actually boost your confidence. And as we're mentioning, give you that permission of, oh, I am actually stepping into this new identity of a person. And so it's just allowing yourself to kind of see yourself for who you truly are. Exactly. One thing that you had mentioned, though, that I think is really interesting around suspending the how. I love that perspective because I think a lot of times we're so focused on the logical next steps, the order of operations of how to achieve something, how to get somewhere. And it's not allowing ourselves to be in flow. And I notice in some of your language you use, receiving, inviting, and those are very much words that you use when you are in flow. So could you talk a little bit about that too? Because I think in the corporate world, we're not necessarily in that mindset of flow. We're in this goal-oriented, let's get to the next step. So how could someone step more into the flow and also recognize when you're in a fixed state versus a flow state? I've worked within the corporate setting. Now I've been an entrepreneur. But even as an entrepreneur, I definitely have sticky moments. I would say it's an ongoing practice in conversation with ourselves, right? Of when I'm in a fixed state, it feels like I'm really gripping hard. I'm trying to control. I'm trying to predict. I feel a lot of tunnel vision with what I want to achieve. I can feel a little bit more anxious, a little bit more fearful. Maybe I feeling more dissatisfied. That subconscious mindset of I need to have X in order to feel ABC. So needing to feel like I need to achieve or experience this thing in order to feel fulfilled in my life. 
And when I'm in a flow state, my business partner and my real estate business, we say open palms. And so it's just this idea of, okay, open palms. I am trusting. I am taking action. I am taking on the guidance and knowledge I have right now and trusting that more clarity is going to come. And once I have the clarity, I'll act on it. And so it's a feeling of being a little bit more neutral and a little bit more accepting of where I am while I am working towards these big visions I have. And I think between a fixed and a flow state, another marker is, are you destination focused? Are you so focused on the outcome? Are you journey focused? I believe as humans, we're meant to be growing and evolving and Our dreams are the vehicle to help us do that. And how can I bring presence and joy and gratitude in my everyday? And so I just want to be transparent that I move between those states all the time. And that's so human. And now I just recognize, okay, when I have a better self-awareness that when I'm in a more fixed state, as you call it, I am in conversation with myself that... I can recognize it quicker and then start to gently choose something else. So now you are in Austin. If no one has been to Austin, it is much different than New York City. It seems like you are more in this flow. Let's experience curiosity. Let's explore life and opportunities. One, what prompted this major lifestyle change? And did you personally have any blocks around this transition time in your life? Absolutely. And I think one additional thing I just want to call out before answering your question is working within a corporate space. There are definitely, in some ways, less freedom or flexibility in who you're interacting with in terms of your coworkers, or there can feel like there's maybe less freedom in your decisions. And I definitely think life does give us limitations and I recognize like privilege that I have as well. And with all of that said, each of us does have the opportunity in whatever our circumstances to make a decision to start to be curious about our experiences and whether it be micro steps or major leaps forward How can we start to invite some of those behavioral shifts or self-talk changes that are going to be more supportive of who we want to be? And so with all of that said, it definitely didn't happen overnight for me. I had moved to Austin right before COVID, and I had just made this huge leap with my business. I decided to really bet on myself. We moved to Austin from New York City as a way to save on finances and live a little bit cheaper. And so I could go all in with MoxieMade. And MoxieMade was an events-based business. And then COVID hit. So I had been full-time with my business for maybe three months. And then the world shut down and events shut down. And with that, All of my revenue went away and it was this big moment of my sense of security and safety feeling like really ripped underneath me because I'm in a new place and don't have a strong community. 
I no longer can operate and earn revenue on a business that I had put all of my identity and had sacrificed so much for the success of that business happened overnight. And then I feel like we all were kind of reckoning with the world was in just so much pain, especially my city that I loved was really hurting. And it was really tough. I would say 2020 and 2021 were some really necessary but hard lessons. And for me, the biggest of them was really this clarity that I had been really putting all of my sense of self into this attachment to my career and into how much money I was making, how successful my business was, how well I was performing, whether it be in a corporate setting or with my business. And all of those things can be really great, but it's not good if your sense of like self-worth and confidence is tied to them because it's something that's out of your control. So it really was a dark night of the soul moment for me and a moment of really anchoring into without any of those definitions or labels or identities, who am I at my core and is that enough? And making friends from a place of feeling my least successful professionally felt very vulnerable. But then at the same time, what the invitation was, right? Because I think any hard moments that we go through, there's always an invitation for a deeper wholeness or integration or healing on the other side. And what the invitation was, was a moment for me to really anchor into my innate worthiness and innate sense of self-love and who I am at my core is enough and I love myself and I'm going to trust. It was a moment of trusting the universe of, okay, I don't know where my career is going now, but can I trust something better is meant for me? That was not easy to do when I had this complete picture of how the next 10 years of my life were going to unfold with this business. And now that I'm on the other side of it, I can say full-heartedly, it was one of the worst things that's happened to me or worst times and best times because it ultimately led me to coaching, which I feel like is a vocation. It's something I love doing and I love supporting people through coaching and really supporting them in stepping into their fullest power. And I also now have a much truer sense of self-worth and a much better relationship with the work that I do. It's much more balanced in that it is a big expression of me and I'm really dedicated and excited by what I'm doing. And I also want to not have that be the only thing that matters to me. I'm really passionate about other areas of my life and making sure that those feel really fulfilling and full too. Yeah. And I'm thinking back to one of the first times when we connected and we were going on a walk and we were just kind of getting to know each other. We spent a lot of that time talking about coaching and talking about our perspectives on life and how we view life and whatnot. And it really was not rooted in, oh, well, I was this corporate person. This is what I did in my day job. Because at the end of the day, I think we both realized that that's just one very, very small percentage of who we are. But it was such an expansive conversation for me because we were talking about things that felt a lot more aligned. And what you're mentioning now just brings me back to that initial conversation mm -hmm. we had. I love that. And 
I guess for me too, there can be sometimes this, I don't know if you feel this way or you have sensed this, but this glorification of entrepreneurship and, you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I have my coaching business. I have wider visions. I have good bonds. I have three businesses right now in the works. I also feel like their entrepreneurship and being really fulfilled within a company is also such a valid and can be fulfilling career path too. And with wider visions, it's my personal growth platform and the program that I'm going to be launching within that business, I want to offer to corporate wellness programs as a way to teach their employees about mindset management and nervous system regulation and a better emotional intelligence because we are taught to have these inner tools and resources to navigate life. In school, we're taught about science and mathematics and literature, but we're taught nothing about how our own internal selves navigates and how to have tools to better regulate ourselves. And so I say all of this in that I think there is such a opportunity within the corporate space for people to have self-awareness and really be that shining light of what true leadership is and a true mentor and manager within the space. And I just am so passionate about it. And I think it is so important. Oh, I absolutely agree that there is a very big white space there in the corporate world. Because we're not necessarily talking about all of these EQ perspective type of topics that I think really do make strong leaders. And what is that saying that people have is that people don't leave bad companies, they leave bad managers or bad leaders or something to that effect. But I do think that's true. I think it's not really to the fault of anyone, just that the tools aren't really there for people. Mm -hmm. And I think you can really see within a corporate setting Because you spend maybe more time with your coworkers than you do maybe with your partner or your families. And so if someone doesn't have the inner tools and resources to be able to manage their stress, regulate their nervous system, deal with uncertainty, it really can manifest in a very negative, toxic way. And so I'm really lit up by the idea of creating more accessibility within coaching and with these tools that we have because they really are life-changing. And if more people know about them, I really think it'll have a profound ripple effect in the fulfillment and sense of emotional and mental well-being for all people. Because through our interactions, we truly have such a profound effect on others. 100%. Yeah, I always say too, is that we're people first, employees second. And I think we definitely forget about that when we're in this likely high stress environment, putting in so many hours into work. And we forget that we all have the same set of emotions and feelings. We're just showing them differently and it shows up differently in the workspace. So the work that you're doing with corporations, I think is something that is very valid and very necessary. Thank you. So you mentioned that you have three companies right now and three streams of work, I suppose, that you are working on. You touched on wider visions, but I wanted to give you an opportunity as well to talk more about your coaching, which you've alluded to, and then also Good Bones as well. Well, thank you, Rachel. With coaching, I work with female founders and leaders who are really ready to step into that next level and embody their fullest power. And so We 
always work to get clarity on what is that meaningful shift that they want to create in their life that feels more fulfilling, that feels more soul-led, and how can they start embodying it through mindset shifts and behavioral change. And for my clients, it really looks very different. You know, I've had clients that have made career shifts, have started new businesses, found their life partner, overcome perfectionism or self-criticism. But what the commonality is truly deciding to step into a change that feels more fulfilling and feels more soul-led. And I have additional certifications within breathwork and meditation and subconscious modalities like hypnosis and tapping and NLP. And so all of those different tools and techniques definitely come into play with my private coaching. And then within wider visions, I am really excited to launch our group coaching program early next year to provide the community expert back tools and self-coaching knowledge to truly transform their life. And so it's born out of this desire to make coaching much more accessible and allow the access to these tools that I've seen transform my own life and my clients' lives. And with Good Bones, I am the co-founder of a real estate investing and property management business. And so I think a big lesson kind of coming out of COVID and with saying goodbye to my first business was that I love building businesses and I love having multiple revenue streams and multiple projects that fulfill different interests and avenues of mine. So with coaching and with wider visions, it's definitely very purpose-driven. And then within Good Bones, I feel like real estate is such a fun way for building generational wealth and financial freedom. And so it's definitely a much more tactical or tangible business in comparison to coaching, which is very internal, but it's been so much fun. We launched a year and a half ago and we're up to 30 properties that we manage and we will be hitting a million dollars in revenue by the end of the year, which is really crazy to think about. So I've learned so much. I feel like with every career shift or every new job, you learn something new and it's the same thing with entrepreneurship. I think every business, you take what you learned and then you actually gain a ton more experience to build off of. Exactly. And I think that's so important. Just this concept of you're there to learn and you're there to grow wherever you are. And it's not necessarily the final destination. It's just one point on this long life journey. So I'm really happy that you pointed that out because I'm sure you've got tons of learnings along the way from both corporate and also just starting these three areas of business really from the ground up. Yes, thank you. And it's interesting because with Moxie Made, I partnered with amazing speakers like Alex L or Taryn Toomey of the class and cool brands like Bumble and Athleta. And I could have fought for that business. I could have hung on for those two years of COVID. But a lot of times people ask me, do you feel like you failed? Do you feel like saying goodbye to that business, you failed? And I truly don't. I actually feel like so proud of what that chapter was for me and the impact that we were able to create. And you also do so great at this, Rachel. I think allowing ourselves to be able to 
change and evolve and redefine ourselves, that being a part of the journey and the process versus having this perception that you need to do one thing forever. And that's what success looks like. 100%. I think we're all just here to have fun. Yes. Do things that pique our curiosity, follow the interests and passions that you have and make some connections along the way. I love that. I know I'm so blessed to have met you and to have you in my circle. Well, I'm really happy that we were able to connect in this format. If there was one takeaway that you wanted people to gain from this episode, what is the one insight you feel could really help them, especially as they're going through some sort of life transition? What I'm feeling like really called to share is just Any dream or vision or desire that you have, even if you feel like it's far-fetched or it feels really out of reach for you, it's meant for you. Truly, that dream is the perfect recipe for your growth and expansion and transformation beyond any limitations or behaviors that aren't serving you because it'll require you to confront those in order to evolve into this new identity. And so... I guess normalizing that a part of this transformation journey, whether it be a career shift or anything meaningful to us that we're really feeling led to experience, that self-doubt and resistance and stickiness, that's all part of the journey because we're literally, it's a process of evolving and changing your sense of self and your identity of what you think is possible for you. And so what is just one thing that you can do this week to say yes to it or to allow yourself to be open to the possibility for it because it's meant for you or you wouldn't have that vision if it wasn't. I love that so much. Just normalizing and allowing yourself to dream is so big because I think we just don't carve that time out. No, we don't. And we're not taught to, I think, as where it's not something, again, unless you have parents that are really blessed with a lot of self-awareness or a lot of tools. And we're so lucky that with podcasts and with the internet, that a lot of resources are a lot more accessible, but it's not something that we're taught to do. And so really giving ourselves permission to do that, writing ourselves the permission slip that we're allowed to dream and that it's actually meaningful. It's a meaningful part, first step of the process of change. Well, thank you so much, Megan, for being here. Thank you. I think that's a beautiful way to end the episode. If anyone wants to learn more about you, where can they find you? Yes. So you can find me at Instagram at Megan.Shackleton or at Wider Visions and at our site, wider-visions.com. I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes. Yes, I will. Thank you so much, Rachel. 